This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. It's on me now. Okay, so that's just called in like the third string. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> well, I do get the awesome opportunity and blessing to bring the Word of God to you guys today. And, uh, you know, what I want to talk about tonight is something that's been dealt with me recently. And it's something that I think we should all avoid. And if you want a title, it's called Avoiding Complacency. You know, avoiding the things that make you kind of stagnant, stale. Well, I want to pray real quick, and we'll get right into it. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for bringing us here together. We thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. So, Father, I just want to thank you so much that your words are going to come out of me, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what, we're here to glorify you, and we thank you, Lord, so much for this amazing night in this awesome house of God that we get to come to. In Jesus' name, amen. So, since, like, uh, Miss Katie likes to joke, um, I've been Pastor Dave trained, so I got three points. <laughs> Point number one is, what is complacency and its dangers? You know, um, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this point because it's something I want to paint a picture on. And I'm going to define complacent. And its definition is marked by self-satisfaction. So you're happy with how things are, especially when accompanied by unawareness. So you pay no attention or care of actual dangers or deficiencies. Semicolon, unconcerned. And the word unconcerned kind of stuck out to me the most because when the Lord kind of brought this to my attention, I found out that was what, little hummy. That's what I found out was the problem that I had in my life. I found myself, I would come to church and you'd almost treat it like clock in and clock out. You know, I would be, if it didn't need me there, I was, eh, okay, I don't, I don't have to be there. It's, it's just, you know, it's been a long week, so I won't go to that men's meeting or there's enough help for that work day, you know, and that's a dangerous kind of trap to get yourself into because, you know, complacency is easy to get into and kind of hard to get out of because you will find yourself stuck there. And what it's funny is that you're unconcerned, you're unaware. You don't really know unless it kind of gets brought to your attention. It's like a self-deception, and that's the worst kind of deception. But for those who don't kind of know my testimony and what how the Lord's kind of worked in my life, I wanted to share it with you because there's a lot of new faces. <laughs> so, me growing up, I was kind of in and out of church a lot, and I always found myself doing God for just a little bit, and then you fall out, and then do God just a little bit more, and then I fall out. So, um, you know, it's a dangerous thing. <laughs> Well, anywho, to get back on track, losing my train of thought. About 2011, I completely decided I wasn't going to do that. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Go to Sunday church every single Sunday. It's doing nothing. And I'm getting nothing. And I'm just not going to do it. So with that, 
devil stepped in. I started making some knucklehead decisions. Was pretty much high for like 10 months straight. And just, you know, just doing my thing. That's what I wanted to do. I want to satisfy my flesh. I wanted to do everything just my way. You know, I, I, I'll do it my way, as Frank Sinatra said. So one morning, I remember it was kind of towards the winter time of 2011, and I had started at like the end of 2010. And I woke up one morning and kind of was in a daze, and I'll, I'll never forget this morning. I thought to myself, or I don't know if it was my spirit or what, but what are you doing was what came right to my head. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life right now? What are you accomplishing by spending all your money on this, by spending all your time here? It's not going to do any, you any good. So I was like, okay, well, I didn't know what to do from that point. So I was like, all right, so I guess I'll kind of go back to how things were. And I just kind of stopped. I backed off the drugs a little bit. I backed off the alcohol. And I got invited to church here. Now, I've been, like I said, I've been kind of off and on, and I used to come to, they used to have a second and fourth at the Starbucks in Linwood, and it was every second and fourth, what is it, Tuesday or Thursday, they would do a Bible study at a Starbucks, and it was Pastor Dave and Katie, and they only had little Joel, and it was it was cool when I went, but that's when I first kind of got introduced to the church, and I knew Heather had gone here since youth group, and me and her had been together for a long time, so I decided to come. I think it was like a Wednesday service because I worked at Chili still, and so that was my schedule. I had like Wednesdays off in the middle of the week, you know, because you work the weekends. Well, come to a Wednesday service, and I'm like, okay, so this is kind of what this church about. They preach healing and, you know, things like that. So I was like, and I wasn't used to that. No, there's nothing wrong with the Catholic church, but that was my background. And I did have an instance where I did, I had a feeling I felt the presence of God and the youth at, that, at the Catholic church here in town, but... Like I said, it didn't stick. But anywho, I started making choices. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep coming to church here. So came, I think it was just Wednesdays because I always work Sundays. So I came a couple Wednesdays, and then it kind of clicked with me. I was like, okay, Jesus died for my sins. I'm going to rededicate my life. I kind of, I think I believe I had said a sinner's prayer when I was like 18. So I was like, all right, well, I rededicated my life up with pastors. Well, Easter rolls around. And for my family, Easter's a big deal. We always go to the church together. We always be there together. It's a big deal. I was like, okay, so how do I break the news to my mom? <laughs> uh, mom, I'm going to go to church with Heather. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, okay. And I was like, all right. So got ready because church is earlier here. So came up and pastor preached a fiery sermon, the basic Easter message. Jesus came, died for us, and was risen again. And I'll never forget, it was the end of the service, and their pastor's kind of doing the altar call, and I didn't go up or anything, but I honestly felt the presence of God right deep, right here in my spirit. I was standing there, I think, I was holding Heather's hand and shaking, and I was like, okay, I can't cry right now because I'm trying to be cool. And I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm going to come to my girlfriend's church, and i got to be nice, and uh, but from that moment on, the Lord, I really felt the Lord said, you're mine. And, you know, you're, you're meant for something. So I was like, all right. I went home and I destroyed all my paraphernalia, all the drugs. I just dug a hole, trashed it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this 
from here on out, I got real serious, and I've been here since. So it's five years. Well, anywho. <laughs> so how that all leads to complacency and how it's kind of it reared its head again at me is even though you say you can do this a lot, you can still kind of get into a rut. You know, if you're not giving yourself the... I was going to say, if you're not being active in what you're doing, you're going to run complacent. You're going to run yourself a hole. You ever see the old cartoons where the owl would walk around? The, I think it was a, one of the first Acme cartoons, and the owl's walking around the bed because they're going to have a little baby, and he runs a hole all the way down. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of how it is. But um, so being in this church, they teach you a lot of cool things. And I was growing over my five years. I've been growing, constantly growing, and I would... Okay, I learned about tithing, and oh man, all right. So that started coming for me, and I, you know, I don't have to worry about money anymore. And you keep growing, and then oh, okay, I get to be in the media, and then, oh, now I'm on the drums, and I was continuing to grow and always hearing from God. And then came about, I think it was about a year and a half ago, I realized I kind of plateaued, and I was realizing I'm like okay, there's some things going on. I'm praying, and I feel like I'm just hitting my head on a ceiling. Like, it's just not going anywhere. And I was kind of, and I, what was funny, when you're complacent, you were like, okay, well, I prayed about it, and I'm just going to keep going. And so months carried on with that until eventually, you know, it was actually just a couple months ago, a little bit, right after my car accident I had, I was, you know, something like that will kind of open your eyes. And I got myself into prayer, and I was all, okay, Lord, well, what's the problem? And he goes, you're complacent. You're happy with just what you're doing. You're happy with just how you are. You know, you always have pushed into me and pushed into me and always wanted a little more, and now you're not. Okay. Okay. Well, what do I do then? <laughs> and he gave me some good points, and we kind of went over this as, a, as this was coming out. But, you know, I want to look at a quick verse. Let's turn to Proverbs 1, verse 32 and 33. And I'm in the NLT because that's just the version I have, I've always had. But Proverbs 1, verse 32 and 33. And this one's an eye-opener, I'll tell you that. And trust me, I don't mean to be stepping on no toes, but... <laughs> I always like to get out some defense if I can. So Proverbs 1, 32 and 33 says, verse 32, For simpletons, simple people, turn away from me to what? To life? To prosperity? To death. Fools are destroyed by their own Complacency. Hmm. If fools are destroyed by being complacent, that's not good. So, you know, <laughs> complacency, the Lord showed me, is that it's a road to destruction. It's a little by little whittling away of the road you're headed on. And so, with that, I was like, okay, so that, I, when we went through Revelations a couple months ago, this was brought to my attention as well. Let's turn real quick to Revelations 3. Revelations chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. 
And this one's a heavy revy because the Church of Laodicea got in trouble for being lukewarm. And I always take to heart that these these seven these letters to these seven churches are to the modern day church. They're to believers after the resurrection, you know. So we can take it to heart because this can be something that can happen very easily. So, all right, Revelation 3, 15, verse 15 says, I know all the things you do. I'm going to stop there because Jesus keeps track of everything we do. <laughs> I know the things you do. And I like to take it a step further because I can, you can find it in the Bible. But he knows your motives and the actions and the, the heart behind what you're doing. So to continue, I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. Now I heard, I believe it was Tony Cook who described this, because I always wonder, like hot or cold, you can do things with hot and cold water. Hot water you can cook with, you can wash with it. Cold water is refreshing. You know, it's like a cup of cold water on a hot day. So what Jesus says, I wish that you were one or the other. So those two conditions don't necessarily mean to be bad, but this is the condition that's wrong, verse 16. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Dude. Okay. (laughs) Lord gave me this example. My Sunday mornings are usually pretty busy because I get to be blessed to take care of our children and get them ready. Okay, I like how to get yourself all pretty up and all that good stuff. So I get the babies ready and it's not a problem because we have our routine and they like it. Well, the morning starts off with we get up and we have our coffee. And so most of the time, by the time coffee's ready, Jose's up. And then here comes Jess. And so the morning starts and we got to be here. Usually I got to be here by 8.30. So the coffee will sit wherever I last put it and it'll over time when I'm doing things you don't realize it you know you come back and you're like okay so where's my coffee okay I got a drink time to drink take a drink and it's lukewarm oh it's nasty you don't want lukewarm coffee you want cold coffee if it's hot or you want hot coffee to you know you just want hot coffee coffee's meant to be hot and I like mine boiling hot but when it's lukewarm not so much and so that can be attributed to your condition Have you been getting so busy with the things in your life that you're getting complacent? Is it getting, are you watching your temperature? Getting lukewarm? Are you trying to stay hot? Are you just going to make it cold? That's something to really think about. You know, so I want to go to verse 17. And it says, you say, no, this is the mentality of a complacent person. What it says coming up, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize, remember the, you're unconcerned, but you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Ow. <laughs> and it all falls into that complacency. You don't realize it. You don't realize how much problems you have until it should sprout to your attention. It's like, here, look at a mirror. You're naked. You don't have any armor of God. You don't have... Any Holy Spirit working in you, you don't have anything going on, you're just sitting there, like a bump on a log, you know, and it's like, okay, so, what are we going to do about that? And I'm going to go to the next point, which is kind of the title, How to Avoid Complacency. And 
the first point I'm going to kind of say about that is that to, you need to be aware. Be aware of your attitude and how you think about things and how you react to things. You know, your gut reaction in a, in a situation will tell you what your spiritual condition is. You think about that a little bit, and that's kind of what was happening to me. I was getting things said to me at work, and I was going to the, oh, man, this guy, and oh, man, I don't want to do this. And then instead of being like, okay, you know, I'm going to work as unto the Lord, and I'm going to take this right. So what's funny is, at least for us Christians, your spiritual condition can trickle into people noticing. And your work's going like, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, this is, this is, they call me cruise at my work. This isn't the cruise we know. What's, what's going on? And so it's like, oh, you really realize what, what you're doing. But I want to look at a quick scripture. I'm going to kind of run through some scriptures. Let's turn to Colossians 3. And I'm reading this out on the Amplified, and I give it to Ashley to put it on the screen. Colossians 3, verse 23. It's a good one. Colossians 3.23, and it says out of the Amplified, Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, if it's church or for work or for home, work from the soul, that is, put in your very best effort. So your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, right? And you're going to put in your very best effort. You've got to put in every single thing. <laughs> your best effort. As something done... For the Lord and not for men. We ain't working for men. Even though they may provide us our paycheck, that's still God providing for us. And we're working for the Lord. You know, I've been (laughs) blessed with two jobs that I know the Lord has given me. And they, yeah, provide for you. But (laughs) you got to work as unto the Lord. But anywho, it's easy to get into the mindset of just going to do what you're obligated for and that's it. You know, like I said, it's that clock in, clock out. I'm just going to do to get by, you know, all right, I'm just going to kind of do it willy-nilly. They won't notice. It'll be fine. But that's how we shouldn't be doing things for God because remember, he knows what we're doing. He knows all that you do. <laughs> and he's going to look at your heart. Yeah, I love what, he, what Prophet Samuel told David. I look at the heart. not the man. So it's Okay, so that scripture kind of got brought to me, and I was like, okay, i got to make sure I really work unto the Lord and do everything I can. And so the second point to kind of avoid complacency is a big one for me personally, because I'm a millennial, and don't get distracted. That's, there's, there's a lot of distractions in life, you know, <laughs> from your dog to your house to work to phone to games to everything that you can do in life. Do your best to not get distracted and let those things take you away from God. Because the more those things take you away from God, the more you slowly start to walk away. Because that was kind of what was happening. <laughs> I'll stay over here then. But that was kind of what was happening with me. I was starting to be like, oh, do I really got to go to church? Man, I do this all the time. And on and on. And again, on the drums. And on the again. And this and that. And the kids are nursery. And I was like, man. Okay, so you can't get distracted. And I'm going to follow this up with another verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6. 
First Thessalonians 5, 6. So be on guard. So be on guard. Be aware. You stand guard, you're going to watch over whatever you're standing guard on, right? And what does Jesus say to guard our hearts above all else, right? We have to guard our hearts above all else. Anyway, not asleep like the others. Oh, what's that say about the others? Uh-oh. <laughs> Stay alert. And mind, watch this. Be clear-headed. You know, and I will um, kind of tell myself a little bit. The biggest, <laughs> biggest fight a person can always have is in between your ears. You're always fighting thoughts. And for me, that's something I always got to wrangle in. <laughs> I believe it's 4.8. It says, fix your thoughts on... <laughs> Fix your thoughts above all. Yeah, what is it? Oh, man. Pressure's on now. <laughs> Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, lovely and pure, you know, and so on. That'll guard your hearts and minds. But anywho, getting off topic here. He says to be clear-headed. So what, you know, you have to think about what's always going to keep you clear-headed. That'll bring me to the next one. Stay in God's Word. That's what's going to keep you clear-headed. You know, I listen to... Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, and they were telling the story of, I forgot which minister, but they were saying that he gets up in the morning, and he'll read the newspaper, and he'll read the Bible to see what both sides are doing. <laughs> and so, you always, sorry, thanks, still. So, stay in God's word, and I want to kind of follow up that point with Second Timothy <laughs> three sixteen and 17. Because this is what's going to keep us, keep us going. Because I don't know about you, but I can't live without my Bible. This thing, every day, as much as I can. I'm up to 11.30 sometimes. <laughs> Just got to pray. I got to read. That's what I got to do. So what? I'll be tired tomorrow. I'm going to spend time with God. So Second Timothy, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 16, says, All scripture, cover to cover, all scripture, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And that's just half of it. <laughs> the Word of God will always be true and it will always show us what we need to correct. And look what it says. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. When the Lord's leading you, the Lord is always going to Teach you to do what is right. That's a good way to judge where you're going. Oh, am I doing what's right? Or am I doing what's wrong? Am I getting closer to him? Or am I getting farther from him? Hmm. Verse 17. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So you think about you being complacent. Okay, so, well, all right, so I'm not happy where I'm at. Or I'm okay with where I'm at, but I don't want any more. God's word will teach you to do what's right. And it will equip you for every good work. So if you get into his word, it's going to propel you to do what you're called to. And what he's called you to. So I know most of us here, we're here on Wednesday night. And we all know the importance of God's word and being in church. and you know. But I want to make a point that we all have a part to play. Not just in our church, but in the entire body of Christ. We all are a joint or a finger or a toe or a lung or a or we all have a part to play. And especially in the times that we live in, we need to be absolutely 100%. There ain't no room for slack. 
if you're going to get lukewarm, you're going to get spit out. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good. Is that where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Uh, or when he's judging you in front of everybody and be like, well, what happened here, Jose? Why were you uh, just sitting there when you know they needed help and you used the gift and an excuse to not move tables? Oh, ah, you ain't going to say nothing. You're not. <laughs> so I want to finish up with my third point. If you are complacent, how do you get hot again? That's a good thing. So what the Lord had me do is examine myself. You examine yourself, top to bottom. How are you acting with everything? From work to home, you know, the men's meetings a couple Saturdays ago, Jesse said that that spiritual mailbox in front of your house, in front of your work, and in front of church. you got to leave all your cares inside one of those mailboxes when you're walking into that building because you just got to. How can you come into your abode or your church and have all this baggage on you and be whining, complaining, and griping and think you're going to be able to serve God? I don't know if you've heard me sometimes on Sunday mornings that I'm playing the drums and I miss a note and mess up. Yeah, oh, man. It's because I was getting in here. You're not letting the Lord flow through you. You're not letting yourself be used. Because you're like, I'm going to just take care of this. I'm going to do it my way. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, truly have a heart-to-heart with Jesus and ask him. Because you said we can ask him for wisdom. For what may be wrong. For me, it was my attitude. And how I was doing things. He's like, no, you've been called to something higher. You absolutely need to watch what you're doing. You know? And so, 1 Corinthians 11.31, you don't necessarily have to turn there. We all know it. It's usually a communion scripture, but I use this a lot when I feel like something's not right. And it says, but if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Okay. So, all right, Lord, let's hash it out. Let's sit down and let's talk about it. <laughs> and what do I need to do? And the next thing you got to do after you examine yourself is you need to truly make the changes. Because, you know, James 1.22 says you, uh, oh man, do what God's word says and you won't be deceived. you got to actually do it. Sorry, I paraphrased it because I completely trashed it and I'm nervous. <laughs> you got to do what God says. It comes down to the skinny of it, you know. We listened when he called us to accept Jesus Christ. Why can't we when he says, how about you put that phone down for like 15 minutes and read your Bible? How about you seek me more, you know? And for me, okay, so like I said, younger guy and video games I grew up with. So that was one of the problems. You're worried about this video game every single night, but you won't spend 15 minutes with me. I was like, okay, so. I haven't played a video game in like a couple months, so I'm like, all right. I'm just going to keep pushing in because, you know, it was really brought to my attention that this ain't the time to be playing games, whether that's actual video games or just playing like you're a church person and just kind of, I'm just going to do this. That's not, it's not the time to play games. You need to be on, you need to be hot. So after you've done all that, get to church. And that's the best way I could put it because in this church, you're going to be equipped. You're going to be brought up. You're going to find friends. You're going to find people who are going to help sharpen you. Because iron sharpens iron. You know, and there's no better place to be. 
every time these doors are open, you should be here, myself included. And we should be doing things because in the end, I love what the Bible says, all things will pass away, but my word will stay. So that's what we need to be promoting. We need to be promoting his word. We need to be getting other people in here. We need to be doing everything we can to stay hot and to help others and help them stay hot. Because if you don't, we're all going to fly away. We're all going to get spit out. But anywho, I want to go to one last scripture in Hebrews 10. And I do want to turn here because this is a good one. Hebrews and James. Hebrews 10, verse 25. I love what they say. Because this, all of Hebrews is written, written to the church, to believers. And so, verse 25 says, And let us not neglect, now that sounds like unconcerned, don't, don't neglect our meeting together. That's all of us coming together. As people do. <laughs> I always notice how in some of these verses, he's always mentioning some. So there's always people with this problem. We've got to do our best to not have people with that problem. So, but, this is what he says. This is the purpose of the church. But encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. What I love when you go through, like, the book of Revelations and stuff, like, the church back then always had this mentality of, the Lord's coming. He's going to be here any day. And that's something that I always try to remind myself. It's like, the Lord's going to be here any day. We could walk out of here and hear the trumpet blow. Or it can be ten years from now. Or thirty. We don't know. But we always have to be risked. And so, I kind of want to wrap it all up. Complacency is a dangerous trap. And please do all you can to stay out of it. If you do, it'll bring you closer to God. And keep you moving from glory to glory to glory. So, do everything we can. (laughs) to stay non-complacent and hot. But anywho, that's what I got. That's the Lord brought to my attention. Well, if we, uh, anybody needs prayer, I'll be happy, me and my wife will be happy to pray with you for anything, not just, (laughs) just anything, pardon me. So, uh, we love you. Tom, we'll start a worship song. That's what I got. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.